0: Hi, welcome to the Back to Biz School podcast. I'm your host, Brian Seer, and on this week, we have a new guest, Sopier. Before we get into the episode, here are three announcements from four student clubs. The NUS MBA Healthcare Club and Consulting Club have collaborated to bring you a case-cracking workshop with Bayer Consulting. This is an exclusive opportunity to gain a hands-on interactive case-cracking experience with Bayer Consulting. It will be held 7th March, Thursday, 6-8pm to at MRB 0304. Act fast as this event is only limited to 20 participants. The NUS MBA Diversity and Inclusion Club will be celebrating International Women's Day on 8th March, Friday, 7pm by hosting a panel discussion with industry leaders at the HSS Auditorium. More details to come. Are you passionate about energy, sustainability and looking to gain insights from a leading expert in the field? The NUS MBA Sustainability, Ethics and Impact Club is proud to present Navigating the Green Frontier insights from a sustainability and energy expert. The guest speaker is Mr. Sunil Yadav, Sustainability Senior Director at KPMG, and his masterclass will be diving deep into the world of sustainability in the consulting business. Ask your burning questions and get personalized advice in an unfiltered chat session with him as well. This is exclusively for our NUS MBA students, so don't miss out. Mark your calendars for Thursday, March 14th, 4 to 6 p.m. And now, back to the episode. So boasts a wealth of knowledge in the green energy industry, specifically solar energy. In this first half of the interview, he talks about how he dropped out of medical school to study engineering in Singapore, why he chose to study part-time for both his bachelor's and his master's degrees, his love for coding, his pivot to solar energy, and how he contributed to the first ever live solar tracking map in Singapore. Let's dive right in. Hi, this is Brian from the Back to B School podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, one of my good close friends from NUS MBA part-time. I believe we did the financial accounting uh, group work together. This is So from Myanmar. Hi, So.
1: Hi, hi, Hi! Brian. Uh, thanks for inviting me. And uh, yeah. Happy Chinese New Year. I, I'm not sure this podcast will be released when, but yeah, Happy Chinese yeah. New Year. We are we, doing yeah. it on a reunion day. So right. my name is So Soapie. And uh, yeah, uh, but usually people call me So And this is how I introduce myself, SOE, School of Engineering. So quite yeah. like, coincidentally, I'm also, my background is from engineering. So basically, I started my poly. Uh, in Neampoli uh, on electrical engineering. And from there, I started doing kind of a uh, software. Gradually, I'm into a solar uh, sector. Currently, I'm working in a, a Solar Energy Research Institute of Singapore as a um, software architect. I'm kind of an advocate for clean energy. Uh, that's why I invested in uh, developing software, how solution uh, for the renewable application for over like 14 years and my goal is i aspire to become an important or frontier or needle mover in a like like harvesting sustainable energy source uh, basically to improve uh, people life
0: yeah. very 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 interesting very cool new thing for for this podcast because most of the time mba students tend to be very focused about profit and profit and profit but we have someone here that's more focused on you know saving the saving the world trying to fight i won't say fight climate change but trying to uh counter climate change so it's very interesting but let's let's just go way back first you did mention it a bit you were from Niam poly so you went you're a poly graduate just like me poly graduates represent so actually what led you to come to singapore quite early you were here since the 2000s
1: it's quite an interesting story because like it's same like singapore we our education system is like high school after high school this is where we have to uh choose what is the university you want to go? So uh, Singapore still have to go either JC or Poly. But for us, it's like after high school, there is a one final exam kind of, we call matriculation exam. After that, you have to go uh, to choose your your subject or uh, interest, right? So at the point of time, again, quite ironically, uh, I managed to score a, a big good score. So that like family pressure, pre pressure, no choice, I have to go to medical school. So this is where i went to a medical school for one semester actually two semester so this is where you know like this i start to realize come on that's not not me because especially when you like have to initially find chemicals uh, chemistry session and all these like it's fun but then when you go to uh, anatomy and stuff right this is where you have to see literally crops and all these right oh, yeah, I yeah. think this is where, yeah, this is not me. <laughs> so, and in the back of my mind, it's always I wanted to become an engineer. Half of my is uh, here. So this is where, mm. like, why not you give a try Singapore Polytechnic? This is where, mm. like, um, and obviously Singapore education system is really really advanced so like they lucky enough like they blindly not blindly yeah, they chose me <laughs> so I am here
0: yeah I know I would say blindly right? I mean you I had no idea you, you were in medical school for two exams luckily you did choose your own calling right? what you prefer hmm. rather than correct, something correct. that's what you say family pressure, be a doctor lawyer all those stuff <laughs> and um and speaking of when you say ulu i think not everyone here might understand what well, is ulu ulu
1: oh sorry <laughs> sorry like
0: yeah. or very uh very far away distant Rimblede- place. yeah so so and you but you were very sure that you want to do engineering so what sparked the engineering interest hmm. in 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 you
1: this is what my parents told me i am the only uh, child who cannot keep the device in a good condition. I'm the one like start to dismantle everything. And okay, okay. Like, I got scolded so many times because like I tried to open up my father's camera and don't know how to put it back. So, I mean, this may be an early, early sign. Actually, even though electrical engineering, we have to go through a lot of like uh, coding modules during year one and year two. This is where I start to find it. Calmness, I, I can find it. Because coding, right, for me, if you can code right, you don't have to talk to so, so many people. And like you can completely control what you are doing so long as what you know what you are doing. So I'm so into it. And this is where I met my lecturer, Dr. Ellis. He's from Niam When I was in year three, uh, we have to do final year project. I was in one of the other team. Then this is where I met him and I was asking, I told him that I really like software. I bluntly asked him, uh, sir, like, can I make a living by doing software? Oh, of course. Then he said, like, this is where I will like, decide that, okay, let's do uh, software intensively.
0: And, and you have, like, relentlessly been studying all the way from 2007 to 2020. You did a diploma, a bachelor's and a master's in MTech. Was it all full-time or part-time or...?
1: So what happened was like, after I graduated, I managed to get into an NTU. Parents would like me to go for full time. I am so hyped up at the point of time, you know, like I want to do software, I want to do software. Then I told them if I managed to get a job relating to a software, then I will do a part-time study. But of course, like my parents like, like argue with me for a certain <laughs> period of time. Then this is where like at the age of 19, I stopped asking any support from my parents. So I wait tables and all this just before my final semester of poly because this is where i got offer from one of a company and i had a chance to do a software that's why i part-time study in ntu i specialize in the info communication which is uh, software stuff
0: and you were so yeah. passionate about software that you rather just start working first so that you could do some use some hands-on experience in software right. while starting part-time mm. And you were yeah. working for this company called wpg system Yep. So, so I can't so, really, I, I tried to do some research about it, but couldn't really find out. Could, could you tell us more about what you did at
1: WBG? Yeah, yeah. WBG company is not a software company. It's a semiconductor chips, uh, IC chip. Uh, they are doing trading for this. So what happened was like around 2010, the solar started to actually recognize in an in a industry. So this company wanted to try out a software app solution for solar application. Not just specifically solar, we have a department for test and measurement, security, all solar related. So kind of hobby pilot project. So they want to have a group of engineers for provide a solution. So this is where I was like uh, hired to become part of a development team for solar monitoring. So again, quite coincidentally, my other only lecturer, he moved to that company. Then he uh, tried to pick the one of the good students, I would say, then to join him. So this is how always, I went with. Uh,
0: always yeah. the always the good student. So it's always the good student. <laughs> so going back to WPG, so you were doing yeah. solar. So you were there for four years, which brings us to where you are now, which is yeah. um, solar research. Solar Energy Research Institute of Singapore and you've been here for yep. 10 years and yep. very impressive as the principal software engineer. So I have so many questions to ask. First question is yep. what prompted mm. the shift from WPG to CERIS?
1: Um, actually the solar wall at the point of time is very small. So um, CERIS is also started in 2008 or seven. They are very ambitious at the point of time and they have um, over 300 plus staff is one of the biggest national level institute, research institute in Singapore. So this is where they need a lot of expertise so happened to be again my ex lecturer then my mentor uh, moved to saris so then he was like asking like why not you join us? but then i told him like i want to stand on my ground first i don't want to stay under somebody's shadow for very long so i decided to prove myself four years to be a senior engineer in um, uh, WPG. And I manage uh, a different application and deliver software uh, for different kind of renewable. Some are renewable, some are not related to renewable, all kind of uh, application. Whenever we have a conference, my uh, mentor, then he kept saying like, hey, come on, come on, like join us, join us. (laughs) Then uh, after like three times, four times, then I decided, okay, maybe there need to be some kind of change needed. He say like, okay, we are going to build something which will be very, very important and useful for Singapore and globally. So this is where like, okay, I, as a, one of a developer, right? Like uh, the dream is to be able to part of in a very big scale project. This is where I like, okay, after four years, maybe I might have sufficient knowledge I have gathered. So maybe I can go and try into a bigger, Pool. so I decided to move to Ceres.
0: Could you let us know what this big project is? You got me very curious about this big project.
1: Yep. Okay. So I think this is also slightly related to solar. I just like trying to structure in a way, looker, what are the challenges? And what are the outlook? And what's the global? Uh, what is happening, and what are the challenges, and uh, what is what is the outlook at the point of time 2008, nine, or 2009, then This is where like Singapore government government wanted to have a feasibility study on like solar. Is it like good solution? Is there any alternative? In order for for Singapore to assess this right, they need to have data irradiance, uh, which is the intensity of the sunlight. So they need to know how much sunlight is on the surface of Singapore. There is a common misconception, even now, right, when I go and talk to people, say like, hey, Singapore just just above the equator, it must be the best place for solar. But then, I mean, very sadly, I have to break it down for you that like, it's not one of the best, it's a one of the harsh environment. So why, oh. you were asked, like, yeah, yeah we are on an above equator, but we are in a tropical climate. Tropical climate means there is no like systematic pattern of like seasoning, which is like summer, winter, or uh, rain, uh, rain season. Just put it that when solar is like, you have to rely, the source is sand, and suddenly the sand disappear. There is a huge uh, variability in a system, then it will cause the Singapore grid to be unstable if we are relying too much on solar. So you don't want to happen, for example, if there is a dark cloud coming over from a Sumatra mm-hmm. and you don't want Singapore to be blackout and MBS may not want to have a like, shortage of electricity <laughs> out of nowhere. But yeah. if we do actually uh, want to rely on solar, then yes, this might happen. So so. As a precaution, they want to study how to prevent, how to do it. So then this is where we need to start collecting this irradiance data. So we do five kilometre by five kilometre matrix to uh, Singapore. Then we mm-hmm. deploy all the solar monitoring station, and we collect all the data at one second resolution. And we have created uh, the irradiance map. At the point of time, it was one and only and the most condensed irradiance map in the world. OK. So in, and it's live and currently even like you can search it on uh, online it's available online for the public where, where can yeah. i find this solar repository you just go to a solar irradiance map right then you should be able to see the live. wow Yeah, this is part of our um, solution. So it doesn't stop there because, okay, we can give you a live data of irradiance. In Singapore, right, most of uh, energy is like from um, natural gas. And Mm. you cannot like say like, oh, natural gas, I turn on like, like, like one click. No, it requires some time. So this is where next phase of a project is like we work with a scientist to forecast the irradiance. So we try to focus half an hour ahead, uh, 15 minutes ahead, different time horizon to uh, like one day ahead. From energy market authority point of view, then they say like, okay, the next 30 minutes there, there is not much solar, then we have to switch the power source to somewhere. So this is the very uh, scrap down idea of like what they want to achieve at at the point of time.
0: Yeah, I, I can see the, I can look at the map right now, and so this new system of live tracking of irradiance yeah. to help with energy planning for Singapore, right? Because if I know yes. it's going to be cloudy, then you know I need some time to adjust the correct uh, the correct, energy, correct. Load. In, mm. the energy supply. To, to Singapore. Yep. Is this the huge project that your mentor was telling you about that this can be replicated yep. uh, worldwide?
1: Yeah, so this is where actually we started this uh, solution because we are the solar PV uh, people. So we need to understand why the PV system, photovoltaic system is performing. So we need to Attach all the like inverter datas, energy meter data, electrical parameters. We collect different kind of datas, and we have, uh, you know, like we can see how is the system is performing, health is performing for individual PV system. So this is where a lot of industrial customer they came like, hey, you have a solution, I want to have a monitoring on my PV farm, PV system.
0: Can I can I just interrupt? Uh, what sure. is PV? Yep. Photo something is it?
1: Photovoltaic, how the solar works, right? Basically, we use silicon. Uh, when silicon, like when the sun is shine on a the silicon, there is a wavelength, invisible wavelength, uh, actually excite some of the electrons, then this is how energy is generated oh i had no oh, idea is, uh, <laughs> yes 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 so this is called direct current direct current we don't use direct current we use alternative current so this is where you have to convert uh from the dc to ac from there we were inject into a, a grid a Singapore grid it's like this why i'm kind of a nice fit because you cannot just software background because you do require electrical knowledge and uh, electronic knowledge this is where kind of handy because my background is from um, electrical and electronic during um, uh, my uni and aboli time so
0: and that was the first half of the interview join us next week as so talks about the challenges the solar energy industry is currently facing both locally and globally why cheaper solar panels is actually a bad thing how studying the MBA can help him in the solar energy business and his own organization's solar startup. This has been the Back to Biz School podcast. Bye for now.